I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. And if you're in no contact, focused on personal growth, my workbook series, The Knowledge, will help you make changes like you've never made before. Available now at AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And today we're going to be looking at internet sex addiction. Not that we really want to look at it. But for many of you guys out there, you are struggling with it yeah. or your partner has been struggling with it. It is a very real issue. Yes. And it's a very sensitive issue. Oh, it's a very difficult issue. And sometimes people have a hard time talking about it and opening up and we can understand. Absolutely. You know, you have to be vulnerable to talk about that. Right. Which we're going to talk about next time. Vulnerable. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Internet sex addiction, I wish, I wish it was not a topic we had to talk about. It's not fun. But people, therapists are noting that more and more and more, um, they're getting cases of what appears to be sexual addiction in their offices. Mm -hmm. And it's not the sexually, possibly sexually addicted person who comes in, of course, it's their partner, mm -hmm. okay? Um, and this whole concept was invented by a gentleman named Patrick Carnes, C-A-R-N-E-S, Dr. Patrick Carnes. He's a psychologist who described this, the whole phenomenon of sexual addiction in the 1980s, way ahead of his time. Wow. Yeah, way ahead of his time. He's brilliant, Dr. Patrick Carnes. We'll talk about him a little more in some other things. But he was the pioneer in this field. And the way he puts it is the internet offers an assortment of opportunities to access the unresolved. Now remember we talk about the repetition compulsion where we say, you know, we have a tendency to repeat anything in our lives that's unresolved. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Carnes knows, knows that concept extremely well. And what he's saying is whatever your issue is, you can find something relevant on the computer. Um, that you may want to repeat or try to come to terms with. These issues are, exp are exp if they are not resolved, they will be acted out. And that's what we want to avoid because it can raise havoc with uh, relationships. Um, a wide array of childhood experiences can contribute to this behavior. Emotional abuse, physical or especially sexual abuse mm -hmm. um, can contribute to this phenomenon. Um, also, it becomes more and more clear that many of the people who get into this suffer from a mood disorder, mm. whether it's bipolar or major depression. Also from low self-esteem, dis distorted body image, prior sexual addictions, especially trauma, and attachment issues. So for some people, it's a quick way to bring yourself out of a funk. That's how I would translate that last two sentences. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but in the long run, it's an effort to somehow calm and soothe yourself and have a sense of relationship without having a real, live, present person involved. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. Now, Dr. Carnes says that any addiction is a way to try to soothe yourself and make yourself feel good that doesn't involve another person. You've been betrayed by other people so many times, the alcohol and the drugs can't 
ignore you or leave you at will. And you don't have to be dependent on one of those unreliable human beings. Yeah. And this is kind of a mix. You're still looking at a human being, but it's in a very distant kind of way. Yeah. All right. And you can also be anonymous. Yes, you can also be anonymous. So whatever the yeah. fantasy is right. that you're having yeah. that you might be too ashamed yes. to act out with and somebody. Sh shame would be the word. Yeah. yeah. That you know or yeah. care about, you can act it out Absolutely. in your mind by yourself. Yeah. Or on the internet with with this other person who may be quite willing to go along. Are you saying like a live chat then as opposed to just watching a video? Yeah, I'm talking about live chats because people do all sorts of that sort of thing. Sure. And you can, as, as Dr. Karn says, you can find anybody, somebody who'll do anything you like. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. What usually happens is the worried partner reaches out for help. Mm -hmm. and says, I'm very concerned about my partner's behavior. Mm -hmm. um, she commonly describes the following list of behaviors. There's been a change in his sleeping hours and patterns and increased demands for privacy. Mm -hmm. Leave me alone. I need space. I'm in my room. Don't bother me. Yeah. Okay. Responsibilities are being ignored. Things that he might normally have done around the house or interacted with the children, the dog, the canary, whatever you have, He's doing less of. Yeah. Okay. Uh, changes in his personality and more lying and concealing. Mm-hmm. Um, and loss of interest in sex within the regular relationship that you have. Yeah. And I remember I had one lady who said she couldn't figure out if her boyfriend had a sex addiction. But she went on to tell me that he had innumerable, I mean, big, big numbers of women on his Facebook that he would have met on porn sites. Mm. And she had to do a lot of fancy stepping to even get that from him. Mm -hmm. And that then he would have them on his Facebook and he would talk to them sometimes all day long. Okay. Wow. And she was still unwilling to fully acknowledge that this was a problem. And of course he minimized it. And here's what you hear. It's normal behavior. They don't mean anything to me. I just like chatting with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's harmless. Well, no, it isn't because the rest of us are missing you. Okay. And it's causing issues in your yeah. romantic Absolutely. relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? No yeah. intimacy. There's no yeah. sex going on. Yeah. I need it. And if it, I didn't do it, I'd be much grumpier. Okay. That's, well, you're pretty grumpy now. You're pretty grumpy now. <laughs> um, I have a high sex drive. Okay. Everybody does it. I'm not that bad. And Dr. Carnes is saying if it's taking up 8 to 12 hours of your week, Ooh. yeah, 8 to 12 hours of your yeah. week, you better take another look. Mm -hmm. I'm cutting down right now. That's a part-time job right there. Yeah, really. <laughs> I'm in the process of cutting down. It's not bad enough to need treatment. Um, so they'll deny, they'll rationalize, and they'll minimize. Deny, rationalize, minimize. Minimize, yeah. Um, I'm not really doing it. I'm not that bad. Um, I can quit anytime I want. I'm already cutting down. And yeah, it's not that big a deal. Okay, mm -hmm. I hear that one an awful lot about a lot of things. It's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's projection. Somehow my partner's behavior makes me what I am. Lovey is, is, is the one with the problem. I'm being judged unfairly. 
okay? My partner is judging me unfairly. She's being unreasonable. I'm not doing anything that bad mm -hmm. or, or that out of the ordinary, mm -hmm. okay? Well, you may well be. Um, now, I don't know about you, but I didn't buy the story of all the people on Facebook that he just chatted with. Mm -hmm. um, and then I got a call from, I talked with a distressed guy who was just fooling around with the computer for the first and only time he ever did it. And it was the first time he had ever been to one of these websites, and didn't he get caught? Do you it's believe that story? Sh it's a shock. Yeah. He never did anything like that before, and she didn't even give him a chance to explain. Mm -hmm. She thought right away that he was somehow doing something not right. I don't blame her. Okay? And he's probably ashamed of it already. Sure. So it's very hard to know how to address this with somebody. You know? Um, because by the time you realize it's happening, you're probably pretty annoyed. Um, and you don't want to increase the shame if you can avoid it. Yeah. The practicing addict at this point is considered to be what's called the pre-contemplation stage mm -hmm. of, of the change framework, which means that they only have the vaguest thought that there's a problem, or the vaguest conscious thought that there's a problem they probably need to do something about. Um, people are in trouble when they begin to report 8 to 11 hours per week mm -hmm. in the pursuit of internet sex. Yeah. Most addicts who themselves are depressed, worried, and ashamed by it try to keep their addictions secret. When they are caught in the pursuit by their partner, they tend to minimize the behavior and promise to stop, which they usually can't do without help. Do they mean it sincerely at the time like any addict? Yes, of course they do. Okay. Um, it is an addiction, and addictions are progressive. So chances are it's going to get worse, and cutting down, unfortunately, isn't going to work. Mm -hmm. So they'll make promises to stop, um, which are sincere, but they won't be able to do it. Yeah. And as a result, they just become more and more secretive. Okay. Yeah, now they've got to hide it better. That's right, and that's exactly what they conclude. Yeah. Sexual abusers do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cybersex is not a relationship problem. It is an addiction problem. It is also, in some sense, a relationship problem. But mostly, it's an addiction problem by the time it comes to anybody's attention. Yeah. But it's really an anxiety problem, no? Yes, I think to some extent um, that this person can't find a, a more acceptable relationship-oriented way to be close and to have sex and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It has, a, it has been called an addiction since 1999, when the name and the concept were suggested by Dr. Carnes. It's not a formal diagnosis, but it's used as if it were. Yeah. I'm sure it will be in the next DSM. Um, and it would be considered an addiction disorder, and the sexual addiction would be the subset. Because there's all kinds of addictions, mm -hmm. um, including shopping. But it's a big problem, oh, and it's with a huge problem. you know yeah. the the internet exploding, and really it's so available. Where it's yeah. available to yeah. just about everybody, yeah. and um, for free, mm -hmm. and all you need is an internet and a and some kind of device, right. and alone time. That's all you need. <laughs> it's very little. That's really all you need. You don't even have to go to the porn store anymore. Yeah. yeah. Right. 
or leave your magazine around. And I always love it when it comes up on, on my computer. Um, you, can, you can look on the computer now and it won't be recorded. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a picture of a little man with a, a Sherlock Holmes hat and a magnifying glass. So go ahead. You're okay now. Nobody can follow you yeah. where you're going. Um, this is a real problem yeah. for some of you guys out there. Uh, it might be a big part of your breakup. Sure. And, you know, you'd want to look at getting a therapist in your area locally to I'm work gonna through that? I'm going to get to that. Okay. I'm going to get to that. Because I felt like I didn't have a clear... I did this presentation before, but it's come up again. And I didn't feel like I had a, a clear answer on what you do to get help. So mm -hmm. I have at least something a little more a little more coherent this time. Um, but it's like an addiction in the following ways. It is a compulsive disorder. In other words, you're compelled to do it. It's very difficult to not do it, to stop. Yeah. It can be identified by three criteria. The failure to make a decision about doing it. Okay, you really can't help yourself. Okay. Um, an obsession with the behavior. Okay. I gotta do it. Um, and an inability to stop the behavior in spite of negative consequences. And that's the definition of any addiction. That even though you know this is getting you in trouble, you still do it. Okay? Um, the disorder has caused people to lose partners, lose their job, neglect their children, all those awful consequences that come along with an addiction. Yeah. Um, and it's been very difficult for women to know how to handle it. And I don't want to say that it's mostly men um, who do it because it's a lot of research that says women do it as well. That's what I was just going to ask right. you. Do we know what the numbers are on that? The last I read, and I, I, I think it's iffy at best, is about 50-50. But it seems to be the women who show up in the therapist's office more often. Yeah, that's interesting. I, yeah. I kind of find that hard to believe. I, I found it hard to believe, too, to tell you the truth. Right. I, it, to me, it seems like it'd probably be more like 75% of the yeah. guys. Well, that's what right. I would think, but that, that wasn't what they said. I don't think we know yet. I think this field is still That's That's true. Pretty this new. is so yeah. early on in yeah. being researched and studied, yeah. and you know, people have to come to a therapist and that's talk right. about their problems before. Yeah. And you know, you have to be comfortable enough to talk about it, and you have to have a therapist who at least knows the first thing yeah. about um, about it yeah. and, and how destructive it can be because the men at, at, will blame the men for the moment even though we're not sure um, the men can minimize it brilliantly yeah and women you know usually want to help they usually want to take care of so you know they don't want to nag for no reason mm -hmm. and so it's fairly easy still I think to get women to back off of this mm -hmm. when they're upset with you yeah um, but there's no problem that is too horrible to talk about, and there's almost no problem that can't be either cured or helped, okay? And this is no different. Um, and it's treatable for people who are willing to work at it. Yeah. Um, all right. So, you know, you want to look at your area of and, and see who specializes in this yeah. not all therapists are going to be trained in this area so you get somebody that doesn't really know what they're talking about it might make the situation worse because maybe you'll feel uh, even worse about it or that they don't understand you or that it's too awful to talk about 
And oftentimes when you get a therapist who's not comfortable with the subject, that is the message to you. Mm. Even this therapist didn't want to hear this and didn't want to help me and didn't want to deal with me. Yeah. Um, so this Dr. Carnes person um, has started an institute, and he, I'll read you some of his core beliefs about this. He has said that addicts preserve to be treated by competent people who understand the problem. Mm -hmm. And so he has started an institute called ITAP, and it's capital I, capital I, T-A-P. And they have some phone numbers I can give you. 480-575-6853. And that would bring you to the ITAP headquarters. They have a network of local clinics that they can refer you to where you can get help. Um, and it would be from people who are trained to do this. That's great. Right. And that's exactly what you need in this that's situation. That's exactly like this. what you need. Yeah. But um, take a look at the information if it's going on in your own life and really start to think about how this has affected you and what will happen if you don't get a handle on it. Right. And unfortunately, you can lose your relationship if you don't get a handle on it. Absolutely. And nothing is too difficult to deal with, remember. Exactly. No one's going to write you off. Absolutely. Right. Okay, so if you want to get our help personally, just go to my website, AskCraig.net. Sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching and I do Skype. Margaret is also available for Skype coaching. Yes, I am, and I would love to hear from you. So just click Tom Margaret on the top of the website to do that. But that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon.